Real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700, the champ. Good afternoon. Welcome in once again. It's the drive on 1700, the champ. Trenton Wolfgang with you. Getting you home on a Wednesday afternoon. We got a busy show lined up for you today. Starting here at about 420, we're going to be talking Hawkeyes with Rob Howe from HawkeyeNation.com. He will join us in about 20 minutes. Then later on in the hour, 440, Matt Postens will be in from Heartland College Sports. He's down in Kansas City for Big 12 Basketball Media Day. We'll talk plenty of basketball with him. Also get into some Big 12 football. Iowa State gets ready for Texas Tech that this weekend. We'll get into that and a whole lot more with Matt Postens. Then in the 5 o'clock hour, after the top 5 and 5, Ben Kerchival will stop in from CBSSports.com. He will talk college football with us, and uh, and then we'll be out of here. Wolfgang, what's happening, my man? Not too much, buddy. Not too much. Ready for the weekend. I know we're not there yet. Ready for the weekend. It's Wednesday. That. You sound like Brinson. Well, I watched it. Was, <laughs> what's so great is, is, is I told you. I Maybe you don't watch. like working with me. Is that what it is? You're already ready to get away from me for two days? No, that's not it at all. Oh, I'm, just, okay. I'm looking forward to football season. I don't think that this probably slate of games or what we would hope or what we would like. But at least the Cyclones are back playing. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have that last week. Right. The Hawkeyes are going to be playing the same thing. I mean, this is exciting times in the state of Iowa for to be doing sports radio as a guy that's been doing it for a long time, Trent Condon. Mm-hmm. Do you remember ever feeling the way you're feeling right now about the potential ceiling of both these programs right now together, what they may do and how special it could be? No, there, there's been nothing close in my almost 15 years now of doing this. To, to what there is. Iowa State at this time, I told you yesterday, it's normally when we're talking all basketball, and, and there's some basketball stuff we actually do need to get into with mm-hmm. Iowa State today, but this is normally time we flip the page, and it's at best, hey, can they find a way to get to six? Can they get to bowl eligibility? There is so much more on the plate for this Iowa State team. The way the schedule sets up, only game that looks overly concerning is the road trip down to Texas, and even with that, I, with the defense that this team has... There's nothing left on the schedule that scares you, it's, right? It's very fun and interesting, Trent, to hear. Oh, what's the guy on yet? Not Seth. Jeez, uh, oh, the guy that took over for Fowler. He's over there on ESPN. Reese Davis. Reese Davis, and he was basically saying, "Don't sleep on Iowa." And you know, one of the reasons he was saying, "Don't sleep on Iowa," because they beat the Cyclones. Trent. Yes. When was the last time you heard that, or if you've ever heard that? So that's respect for both both programs. That's fun. I'm one of those dorks for a while now. I didn't necessarily mean it. I might have said it. I don't know if I meant it. That Iowa and Iowa State maybe shouldn't be playing each other because Iowa State needs the win to get to bowl eligibility. And when Iowa beats Iowa State, if they do, which is a you know, 55-45 proposition, they don't get any credit for it. Now, Iowa, you know, when they beat Iowa State, when you're hearing national guys like that going, ooh, that's a nice out-of-conference win, Trey Godden. Right. You know what I mean? This is kind of fun. Just as a guy that if you are listening and you don't care about Iowa or Iowa State, but you root for the teams in the state and you're hearing Iowa get credit because they beat Iowa State, that is that is pretty sweet. It's next level stuff, something that, <laughs> that we have not had no. here in the state. And it sets up this week in a big run for both the teams, Penn State, Texas Tech. And I think two games that are going to tell us a lot about where these teams currently are. Iowa State fans, I, I think, are looking at times Texas Tech – Two years ago, Texas Tech came up here with uh, a quarterback you might know something about, Patrick Mahomes. They promptly lost 66-10 to to the Cyclones, and you're number one of Matt Campbell. Then last season, 
Went down there to Lubbock, road trip. Oh, we, no. Iowa State completely took it to him and won 31-13. But because of that, I do think there are some Cyclone fans that might, maybe are overlooking this game a little bit. They shouldn't. Of the many games short of Texas, I believe this is certainly the best team they'll face. Mm-hmm. I know Kansas State, the history, 10 straight losses to the Wildcats. I get that. But in terms of talent, after Texas, this is the second most talented team they'll see. And that's interesting you brought up the overlooking factor. I haven't heard a lot of people say that. I feel that too. I feel like Iowa State is overlooking these people. And I'm not talking about the players. I'm not at the right. I'm not there. I have no idea. I'm not talking about the uh, you know, the coaches. I assume, you know, everything that Matt Campbell is saying is that at Matt, what Matt Campbell says to the media every single time, at least that's what it sounds like and it looks like how excuse me, how it reads. But Texas, I do get that feeling like the fans are kind of overlooking them a little bit. Iowa State has something special going here. It doesn't matter what the fans are doing, although I would argue it does a little bit because I think what the fans think and believe and they see on Twitter and message boards does kind of bleed over to the to the uh, players. when they, Oh, the, the really? fan base gets – I know that sounds stupid, doesn't it? I wouldn't say stupid. I think it does, and I, I'm – so I'll bash myself. You don't even have to. I think it does sound semi-stupid. But if you got a fan base and you're on Twitter all the time, you're on message boards, and your fan base is going, ooh, let's look at this Indiana Hoosier team, okay? Sure. We're, quote-unquote, we are a little scared of this team. I think that they might be able to beat us. And you're reading John Miller and Trent Condon and other guys that are, are giving their opinions on this game, and they're bleeding, or they're basically saying that, look out for Indiana. This is a game that could trip the Hawkeyes up. Not only do I think it could, I'm picking it to be. And when they see now Iowa State, their players see that, yeah, Iowa State fans don't look very nervous about this game at all. It doesn't seem, I'm not saying they're overlooking them, but it doesn't seem like Iowa State fans are thinking this is going to be a hard time, a hard game, Trent. On the other side, I think a little bit of that maybe is also creeping in from the Iowa perspective. And I think I've, I think I pinpointed the reason for it. I cannot remember. A good Penn State team. Is this a great Penn State team? No. But I can't remember this much confidence with Iowa going into a Penn State game again from the people that I'm talking to. I think the reason for it is what we saw the last two weeks. Two weeks ago, Iowa went into Indiana, dominated the football game. Nate Stanley, six touchdown passes, did basically whatever they want. An impressive performance on the road for the Hawkeyes. Then last weekend, Penn State made that same road trip, go into Bloomington, and didn't play real well. Sloppy, not the prettiest of ball games. And I think because of that, people are saying, well, they're, they're playing the game that, Wolfgang, we know you shouldn't be playing. We beat this team by X. <laughs> that means, and this team only beat them by Y. That means we'll te- beat team by that many points. <laughs> you, you can't play that game, Wolfgang. You know it. Hopefully everyone listening knows it. But I do get that same kind of sense. For being nearly a touchdown underdog, a lot of confidence from Hawkeye fans this week, too. Trent, let me tell you who's going to be playing the transitive property when uh, <laughs> Iowa has one loss and Texas has one loss ah. after, be- after winning the Big 12. This guy right here is going to have a bachelor's degree in the transitive property. I will do a paper on it. I will come live on the air. I will tell you the history of it. I'll tell you when it's good, when it's bad, when it's indifferent. But let me tell you something. I will be buying into that when both Iowa and have Texas uh, both have one loss and are trying to figure out who's going to be in that Final Four. As far as Penn State, um, they don't look like a dominant team to me, Trent. Um, I am not scared of them in the least. That doesn't mean I think I was going to win. You'll have to wait for Friday and the picks, and, mm-hmm. and we'll see how that goes. But 
The interesting about Penn State, uh, Trent, is if you look at the rest of their schedule, this could kind of get ugly for them. So they're a favorited to beat Iowa by six and a half points, okay? I did some homework on that. There's a guy that I follow sometimes that will put out a fun tweet. Uh, Teams that are six and a half point favorites, Trent, they only win, uh, I think, a little bit less than 33% of the time. Does that sound right? No, it doesn't. I think you read that wrong because I think I saw the same thing. Really? Okay. Yeah, no. I favorite it. I can read it to you in the break. Yeah. I'm well, not saying I'm right. No, bring it up right now because I think you have it wrong. Teams that are favored by six and a half, is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I did say that wrong. So, in other words, I was a, a 6.5 six point and a half underdog, point underdog. underdog. So, the teams that are six and a half point underdogs only win le- less, than 30, less than 33%. I'm yes. sorry I said that wrong. Less than 30% of the time. Yes. That I had it sense. right and wrong at the same time. How about right. that? Read my mind. You read it right. You said it wrong. And that's why I said no. (laughs) So you kind of knew what I meant. Well, I knew where you're going, but then you said it. This is is a verbal, uh, you know, I mean, we we do have to get that out. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Mick Sorley bothers me, Trent. Um, Those kind of quarterbacks that can make first downs when nothing else is there, when I was got the receivers covered up, when there's nothing there, and the guy's ballsy. He'll take it. He'll put his head down. He don't care about a concussion. He don't care about getting injured. He don't care about his NFL career, and I love it. That's one of those guys, if you saw some of these uh, features on McSorley for Penn State, he don't give a bleep, man. He loves competition. He'll play ping pong, and it's throat slash. He's ready. I mean, after he beats you, he'll throat slash himself. Yeah, why not? You, you remember last year when he beat us? I mean, it's the walk-off home run type thing. He's which, been doing that. Josie Jewell did it to him is he after he had the interception. Year? I haven't noticed, I guess, that he he still does well, that when he... They're not quite in the national conscience as much as <laughs> oh, year. Well, they, they've lost twice. It, yes. So we're Ohio yeah. State, and that needs to be brought up. This is one of those things that I don't think we can bring up enough, okay? When a team that came into the year expecting to do something, and I don't mean just have a nice bowl game or a nice trip. I'm talking literally... Not go to the Outback Bowl. Right. I'm Penn ta- State's a little bit different than it is here. Yes, yes. And we're... You know, I think Iowa fans are getting there where they expect more, but Iowa fans are not crazy. They're a damn cult out there in Happy Valley. They are, and I think that I can't I despise them more than Wisconsin fans. I know you don't get well, my despi- you know, despising Wisconsin fans, but the Penn State people, and again, this isn't unfair. I've barely know any in my life. I think I know two. They're rude, they're obnoxious, but they actually are from here and they've that's bled what? into them and yeah, oh, let me yeah, they live out there. Oh, they live out there. Yeah, oh. they live out there now. They grew up here, and they've turned rude. They've turned rude to, like, uh, how, waiters and waitresses. Explain. Did they go to Penn State? Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. That, then it makes sense. I, yeah, so, they. I mean, they've been there 20 years now. Gotcha. So gotcha. now they've been there, essentially, there as much as they've been in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And they are not Iowans anymore. <laughs> you know, they're not, I would not refer to them as Iowans The, the Joe Pod truthers are, are a concerning bunch, but I've been out there a couple of different times for Iowa games. Some of the nicest fans that I've ever run across are Penn State fans. I know it's crazy because online, you're right. That community of whack jobs, they're nuts. Okay. That, that's that fair. is a crazy group of people. Those people don't have any common sense. But when you go on their campus, you're walking around, it's a beautiful place. It's incredible, the environment there. It's a lot of fun. The people are awesome. But you go online, it's different. There, there's different for everything. And much like our Throughout the years, probably interactions with Wisconsin fans has been mm-hmm. much different. Let me say that. Same thing, online community versus okay. the actual community. It can be completely different. And that's one thing that I found out with the Penn State fans that I've come across. But if we would have parked in a different spot, if we would have parked <laughs> you know, three rows away, it could have been a completely different experience. Experience the two times I've been there, though, 
was excellent at Penn State, and uh, if you're making your way out there, and you're that, going to have a lot of fun. That makes me feel better about the world because I I don't like reading that all that negativity, and I literally it literally you agree with me online. It seems like a cult on Twitter yeah. on their message boards. It's like, are these people real? They're are these right. robot accounts? Are these? Yeah, they're People out there in the mountains. You know, it's it's a little bit weird out there. I get it. I do get they it. have two hundred thousand trolls that just get on the message yeah. boards and troll everybody? Maybe they do. Maybe it's just maybe Scott, they're fake. I don't know. It could just be Scott Paterno. You never know. Five one five two six four seventeen hundred. We got a couple minutes here. If you want to jump aboard, optimistic about the Hawks and the Clones. Before we get to the break, and uh, we'll see if the full lines light up here again. Two six four seventeen hundred. Wolfgang, back to Iowa State, but this time to basketball. News today from Big 12 Media Day. We'll talk with Matt Postens later about this. Still more hurdles to overcome for Cam Lard. They're already without Solomon Young. He's going to be gone for at least a couple months Mm. with that groin injury. Now Cam Lard going to be suspended for a couple of games, it sounds like, at the very least. It's Michael Jacobson and then a lot of small ball after that. All of a sudden, we talked about this is the deepest team that Prohm's ever had at Iowa State. <laughs> yeah. And that depth's getting eat up, eaten up pretty quickly here. That's, yeah, it's scary. You do not want to start off this way. I don't think that's good at all. But the fact that you say they are deep, Iowa State is deep, that's what they need to be. You don't need to play 9, 10 guys. So what do you think the rotation will look like right now, if you had to say? Let's, With no Lard and no So you're no we're young? thinking Lard for a couple games. We're thinking, how? what are we thinking, Young? I mean, do we have any? We don't I'm, have a definitive response. An, end of believe. December, maybe? I mean, something like that. I, okay. Looking at the schedule, they get Big 12 play started January 2nd against Oklahoma State. Okay. Maybe there's one game before that. That's before Christmas, December 21st. Kind of get his legs underneath him and go from there. Again, we're, we're just speculating about mm-hmm. that. But inside, he got Lard when he's back. Young when he's back, Jacobson. Those are your post guys. You can play those guys together at times, I'm sure, but they're going to play a lot of small ball. Figure out point guard. Is it Lindell Wigginton full-time? How much is Weiler Babb there? You throw in Mariel Shayok. Then he get into the fr- freshman with Horton Tucker and Zion Griffin and, and that group of guys. A lot of different pieces here. In fact, we haven't played this game yet. Mm-hmm. I think next week we got to play the game Plot out the 200 minutes. Oh, it's an old favorite help me, help me. of TC and Wolfgang as we like to plot out the minutes for the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones. Who gets what minutes over the course of a game? Average during conference play. I know you don't like to talk about you know when they're playing Eastern Illinois and Alcorn State. I think we need to uh, we need to dust off the the old notebook and help out Coach Prom and Coach McCaffrey divvy up their minutes. Trent, I, I take that stuff highly. Highly too, you know, with too much know, importance. Know, you understand that. You know, that's your project this weekend. And I, you understand, yeah. I found the flaw last year why we always screw up. I, I told you that. Well, yep. there's not everybody plays every game. So when you you add those minutes up, they never equal 200. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, yes. <laughs> so that's what John and Miller and I have always screwed up for years and years and years. We always screw that up because certain players don't play certain games and then you add those up per game. Why am I always getting more than 200 minutes? There's only two minutes, 100 minutes in a game. There were no overtimes, and that's the flaw. Speaking of John Miller, his cohort at HawkeyeNation.com, Rob Howe, he's set to join us next. We'll get into a lot more Hawkeye talk, football and basketball with Rob Howe next as we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. It's The Drive on 1700 The Champ. Every Chiefs football game right here. Terminate this football game. The Chiefs radio network lives on 1700. Oh, let's go, champ! The champ. 
It's green, moron. Come on, move it, you clowns. 1700, the champ. Right now, traffic. Right now, we have a crash on I-235 going westbound at 50th Street. But currently, that's our only issue out there. Drive safe, Des Moines, and have a great afternoon. This report is brought to you by Ace. This fall at Ace, stock up and save with deals like buy one, get one free on select bulbs. And buy two, get one free on Ace furnace filters. Valid through October 29th. See store for details. Does overpaying for something make sense? We don't think it does at Charterhouse Real Estate. That is why we have completely changed the commission structure at our real estate firm from what you are used to hearing about. Gone are the days of 6 or 7% to sell your home. We charge $24.95 plus 3%. Don't worry if that sounds a bit odd. Just know that on average, our sellers save thousands in real estate commission when they sell their home with us. The best part is our sellers still get full service, including social media marketing, their home on the MLS, a dedicated agent, and much more. Head to charterhouseiowa.com and use our calculator there to see what your savings could be. We are Charterhouse Real Estate, and we are changing the way you think about selling your home. Charterhouse Real Estate is a team office under Space Simply. The votes are in and the people have spoken. The majority of Central Iowa residents are sick of their old rides. Hey, Joe Clements here from Capital, Capital City, City Motor, Motor Company. Company. All these political ads are hogging the airtime and blocking me out, leaving me with absentee buyers and way too many cars. So I'm left with a huge election selection. That means you could save up to four grand on a nicer, newer car or rally your party for just ten bucks down. Cast your old ride aside and vote for a nicer, newer car today. We're your credit will keep you off the ticket? Don't be my one and only for the people. Credit approval process means we want to say yes to you, even if you've been told no before. So join the nicer, newer car party and get the car you deserve. Elect to drive a nicer, newer car and save up to four grand or just ten bucks down. But hurry, just like campaign promises, this deal won't last past the end of the month. I'm Joe Clements, and I'm your dealer for the people, and I approve this message. Come see us at Capital City Motor Company in Des Moines on East University. One block off I-235 on the State Fair side. Call 265-1467 or online at approvedbyjoe.com. Approved ApprovedByJoe.com, www.approvedbyjoe.com. Purchase price affects actual discount, all terms subject to approval, some minimum requirements. Do you know how old your water heater is? Most water heaters only last about 10 years, and 70% of all water heaters get replaced in an emergency. That's not exactly convenient. What is convenient is that the Home Depot has the most advanced ream water heaters with the latest technology. If yours is about 10 years old, it's time for an upgrade. And time to get a Ream water heater. Peace of mind included. Now that's convenient. Only from the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Once upon a time, many years ago, the Ronald McDonald House of Central Iowa began helping families who have a sick or injured child. Today, you can help these families and enjoy a great night out at the 19th Annual Ronald McDonald House Gala on Saturday, November the 3rd. The theme this year is Once Upon a Time, so come dressed up in your fairy tale costume and enjoy great food, drinks, and a silent auction. Reserve your tickets or table at rmhdesmoines.org. That's rmhdesmoines.org. Are you interested in starting a new franchise? You can find a lawyer right here in the state of Iowa to help with your franchise law needs. Rush Niggin with Brick Gentry Law PC provides law services for those involved in starting a new franchise. Find more information online at rushonbusiness.com where Rush Niggin can assist you in buying or starting a new franchise. A presenting sponsor of the 2018 high school football season on 1700 KBGG. Brick Gentry Law PC and Rush Niggin. 
This year, it's our year. No, no, no. This year, it's my team. Yeah, this is the year. This season, everyone is going to know where I'm tailgating. My team, my colors, my flag. Hello, it's why I fly the flag. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags, the largest selection of team flags anywhere. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Buy online and get free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. The Drive with Wolfgang and Trent Condon. Real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 Fifth Champ. All right, Wolfgang, let's get into the Hawkeyes. And uh, a guy you know, Rob Howe, Hawkeye Nation, you uh, in the past have done the Instant Reaction Basketball Podcast. So do you know Rob? You just know him from the message boards and Twitter. Get, give us the background here before we bring him on. No, Rob was so nice, and you don't appreciate that until you have to get up early and do a show, and I did a Saturday show. And I would call him, and he'd always come on. He'd come on oh, probably every other week, and that meant a lot to me, Rob. Thank you, sir. How are you? That was, that was my pleasure, and it was I was half asleep anyway, so I don't even remember <laughs> what the hell was going on. <laughs> I thought you sounded great, man. Thanks, I appreciate it. Rob, uh, it's Penn State this week. Before we get into the Nittany Lions for the football team, though, one final look back at that dominating performance against Maryland. Uh, for people that weren't there, describe the wind conditions uh, and, and the new end zone. It's a conversation Wolfgang and I had a, a lot last week how the new north end zone was going to make an impact, if at all. I don't know if we're ever going to see wind like that, at least not in the, the too distant future, but how the conditions played and going forward, how the new end zone is going to play. Yeah, it's, I can't remember exactly how um, you know the win, win games in the past and how the previous iteration of the end zone affected that. Um, I just know the other day it was bad. I mean, it was a swirling wind. It was kind of tough to predict where it was coming from, and it had a huge effect on the game. Um, so I guess we'll have to wait and see till the next time there's, you know, as you said, I don't, I don't think that's like a common uh, weather pattern around here, but it could happen again. And, um, you know, it, it, it's hard. I guess it's hard for me to say how much the north end zone will affect it in the future because it really didn't stop anything the other day. Rob, you're with Rob Howell, com. Rob, we actually lost a full bag of Cheeto Puffs at our tailgate. That's how bad it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was humming. I mean, <laughs> and for the, for the most part, um, hopefully you had other food to, to take care of you there. I would hate to think of you guys perishing in the wind. Um, <laughs> the, the, um, the, the flags on top of the goalposts, as many games as I've covered there, there's a lot of times where it'll be windy outside the stadium, but they're pretty, you know, they're 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 pretty flaccid, just hanging there on, on the goalposts. But they did not stop the other day. They went the whole game. I mean, the whole pregame, everything. And give a big credit to Miguel Racinos, the kicker for Iowa. I think I thought what he did in that game was pretty understated for his ability to, to handle that wind and, and 
be so sound in the in the place kicking game. And Rob, I, I don't know if it was this way the whole game, but I did notice one of the field goal posts up top, the flag was going one direction. And if you look down at the other flag on the other goal post down at the other end, it was going the other direction. I don't remember seeing that. I'm sure it's happened in the past. But let's move on to this game. Where do you what do you think? How will this weather affect um this game, who will it benefit in terms of the wind, in terms of the rain? Um, do you have an opinion on that, uh, Rob? Yeah, and Beaver Stadium is is pretty closed in, but still, I mean, I've been there before. I was there in 2009, and with torrential downpour and wind, um, if it's something like that again, um, you have to like how Iowa performed against Maryland. Um, Maryland stacked the box, knew it would be tough for Iowa to pass, and uh, the Hawks still were able to run it, run it really well. And, you know, it was more than just the offensive line. It was the running backs, the tight ends, the wide receivers. They all blocked it up. Um, and that's what you need to do in that situation. And, you know, with, with a team knowing you're going to run the ball and you're still able to run the ball, that shows you're, you know, for, at least it is a great indication that you have the ability to play in any condition. So I, I – for Penn State, I think they're more reliant on the pass. So if the conditions are uh, adverse in State College this weekend, I think that benefits Iowa. We've seen McSorley be able to get out of the pocket and make a lot of plays. He's running even more than he has in the past, trying to help that offense along. I, we've seen a whole lot of Parker Hesse setting the edge. He was great against Maryland doing that, certainly on Saturday, and making plays on top of it. And Nelson on the other side. Could this be a game that maybe is going to rankle the Natives a little bit, maybe even less than normal, A.J. Epinesa? Could be. Um, you know, McSorley's so good at the RPO. It's almost like, you know, when Iowa has it humming uh, with play action and the quarterback is really good at, you know, disguising that and making it work, he's really good at waiting till the last second on the RPO stuff and, and making a decision, and that's one of the things that makes him so difficult to defend. Um, he's, I think, eighth in the conference in rushing, regardless of positions. That says a lot about his ability to do damage with his feet and extend plays and, and things like that. I think I, the, the matchup with Maryland was better for Iowa because I think Iowa has been really good at setting the edge, like you said, Trent. It has shown some susceptibility to running up the middle, and that's Kind of where McSorley does his damage in the middle of the, you know, in between the tackles. He's not as much of an outside runner. And Miles Sanders, their running back, is a really good. He averages 110 yard game, 10 yards a game. He's obviously not Saquon Barkley, but he's a really good back who also can run up the middle. I think for Penn State, they're going to try to attack Iowa's defensive tackles in the running game and try to open things up that way. Whether it just be straight running with Miles Sanders or the RPO packages. Yeah, we're with Rob Howe, Hawkeye Nation. Rob, I enjoy your opinion. When you speak, I listen because you're you're not too emotionally up or down. You're you're well gauged. Um, looking at this Iowa team so far this year, is this pretty much what you expected? Are they a little better than you thought? Uh, talk about that, Rob. Definitely better than I thought. Um, I had them at uh, eight and four this year, and I'd be surprised if they finished up like that. I think there'd be a mutiny here if that <laughs> happened. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, I, some of the questions that we had coming into the season, guys, have really just, they've been answered in a positive way for Iowa. From the, you know, the offensive line losing James Daniels and showing Welsh, it's been, you know, it's, it's been better than it was last year. Uh, Stanley, after a 
you know, kind of a rough start to the season. Just seems to be getting better and more comfortable and more relaxed in the offense. The wide receivers have taken a step forward. The running backs have been pretty good, even though you, you lose Wadley uh, and James Butler. Then flip it over on the other side of the ball. What are you going to do without Josie Jewell and the three starting linebackers? Crap. Iowa's started, you know, five different, uh, I think five different linebacker lineups in seven games and still haven't, you know, it hasn't missed a beat defensively. It's better than it was last year, losing Josh Jackson and Josie Jewell to, you know, unanimous All-Americans. So, yeah, I, they've definitely performed better than I thought they would at this point, and it seems like it's trending up. And we'll know a lot after these next two weeks. These are two bears of a road games at, at Penn State and Purdue. Uh, if they can come through this thing two and zero, then then the national then the national stuff starts hitting Iowa City. It's starting already. I mean, if you if you watch ESPN and watch some of the Iowa starting to creep into the conversation, they win these next two weeks, they'll be firmly in the conversation. Rob, uh, one on Noah Fant from yesterday. First time you got to hear from him after the concussion sustained against Minnesota. There was the dust up with his with his brother uh, making his comments and his thoughts, knowing about snap counts and him being able to play more. Seemed like uh, Noah did a good job, though, at the very least of deflecting that. Take us in and what Noah said yesterday. Yeah, guys, I think he handled it really well and real, really maturely. Um, probably more maturely than uh, you know the other people in this. Yeah. <laughs> the other principles in this whole controversy if you want to call it that i you know obviously chris fan with his tweet i thought that just was did not serve anybody well uh him doing that even if he is frustrated and i was a little disappointed in kirk when he kind of took a shot at the brother in the press conference after the indiana game i thought he could have taken the high road there um it was kind of a spur i was at the game i was kind of a spur of the moment comment but just been, it, it seemed like Noah came out yesterday and kind of rose above all of that and just said, hey, you know, I, it's my brother. It's my older brother, big brother. I support him. Um, you know, it's my family. But I also support the co- coaches in this program here, and it's not something that's been a distraction. And whether that's true or not, I don't know. But he's playing pretty well, and the team's playing pretty well. So it doesn't seem like it's had any ill effect on, on you know, what's going on on the field. And that's really what matters. And you know, I would be really surprised if Noah Fan is back at Iowa next year. So, really, they just have to kind of navigate this thing for the next couple months. And to be honest with you, I don't see it being an issue going forward. Rob, do you have an opinion on where Fant sits? I mean, you've watched Iowa football for a long time now. I mean, we have so many good tight ends over the years, including one. I'll be honest with you, I did not know he was this good at Iowa. And I think Trent has mentioned, well, he was hurt here and there, which might have – you know, worked against his ceiling, what we saw at Iowa. I've sitting here, I've watched him almost every snap of the 49ers and watching CJB as well. I did not know Kittles was that good. Did you? Yeah, I mean, we saw it at times when he was at Iowa, when he was healthy, that he had that ability. Um, it's just been such a, you know, the position has had so many really good players come through here. You know, even in the Hayden era, all the way through with Kirk, um, it's just been a strong, I mean, I, I could make a case, at least from my own eyes, because I don't think I could statistically support it, that Tony Moyaki was a freak. When he, when he got here, I mean, and I heard Ed Polak talk about this, that he was just a physical freak. Mm-hmm. And 
another guy that suffered through a lot of injuries, but when he was on the field, he was a badass blocker, could run routes, great hands. Um, and then you just go through Brandon Myers, Scott Chandler, Dallas Clark. Uh, you just got down the list. They've, it's just been a really fruitful position for Iowa. And they have two of the best in the country right now. It's, it, it, <laughs> it's hard for opponents to deal with that. And, and they game plan against it, and these guys are still carrying them up. One more for me, Rob. I'll let Wolfgang finish up with you over to basketball for a moment. And uh, we see the return, at least a picture of the return. Luca Garza back out there on the practice floor earlier this week. Have you heard what Garza is going to be able to give them, if anything, here, exhibition games and into the early parts of the season? No, I'm trying. They're taking it slow with him. I mean, he's able. He's he's been cleared for full contact now, but he's trying to get his legs back under and get some stamina. I mean, you have a nine pound cyst removed from your abdomen. It takes it takes a little oh, bit. Yes. Takes a little bit out of you, so to speak. I, I'd probably still be on a stretcher, but um, he's I, I, from everything I've heard, he's making really good progress. Um, I, I think they'll play him in the exhibitions and just kind of take it as it goes, you know, just kind of play it by ear, see how he looks, see how he feels, and then go from there. But it's great news to have him back because I think he is a critical component to this basketball team. He is, I'm not going to say he's as important as Tyler Cook and Jordan Bohannon, but he's right there in the conversation. Rob, I, this shouldn't excite me. This is horrible. Did we not have a true freshman either yesterday or the day before in practice that broke his rib from taking a charge at basketball practice. That shouldn't excite me, but for some dumb reason it does. Well, uh, it shows that there's some physicality going on in practice, <laughs> and that's a, that's, a, uh, that's a step forward from last year where it just seemed like it was matador defense throughout the whole season. So, um, yeah, from I think it was Dylan Byrne from 247 reported that today, and he followed it up saying that uh, it was – you know, trying to take a charge on Tyler Cook, I believe. So that's that'll right do it, Rob. There. That'll do it. That they're they're bought in defensively, and that's what's going to have to happen. They're, we and we've talked about Trent, and I've talked about it a lot on the air. It's not a team that's just going to magically have individual defenders that are going to shut people down. Mm-hmm. They've got to do it with team defense, and uh, as long as they're committed to that, they got a chance this year. But like Trent and I have said plenty of times, we'll see. It. We'll believe it when we see it. Let's hope we see it. 15 days away from the home opener with the Kangaroos of UMKC Coveted. Hey, as always, Rob, great catching up with you. In fact, we'll talk to you a day before that game. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks, Rob. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Rob Howe, HawkeyeNation.com, joining us. You're pumped about this basketball team. You think they're going to be good. I told you I'm much more positive than I am negative. I get the negativity, but I'm like, I I look at it in a positive way, even though it's a negative way. The defense is not going to get worse, Trent. It's well, virtually impossible, sir, for it to get well, worse. Almost. Come on. If it, you can't yes, agree it, with yes, that, yes, then yes, we got a problem. Yes, it would be it's only going to get better. I mean, am I 100% sure we're going to be better at defense? I'm not. But let's be realistic here. Iowa's defense is only going to get better. It would be almost impossible for it to get worse. They're putting focus on it. We got the kid from Tennessee. Iowa's got the kid from Tennessee. True freshman taking charges, breaking ribs. That's good sign, man. Taking charges in practice. You ever heard about that before? That's Maybe a- there is. They are putting something on this. We have a new focus with this program in the culture of basketball. Maybe it was just a player control foul. We never know. <laughs> 
You're so negative, man. I tell you. I didn't see video. I didn't see video. We're coming back on the other side. We're getting into the Big 12 Media Day in Kansas City. And are the Kansas Jayhawks in trouble? FBI case is done. And they said, yes, the Jayhawks were paying players. Oh, boy. We'll talk about that with Matt Postens. Coming up next here, Big 12 football and basketball talk on The Champ. Wake up with the all-new morning show on 1700 The Champ. Taz and the Moose. Every weekday morning from 5 to 8. Real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 The Champ with Central Iowa's most accurate forecast from Local 5. Well, for tonight, it's going to be cloudy, cool, and dry, a low near 42. Overcast skies on Thursday, a few showers possible, a high near 51, and still cool on Friday, isolated showers in 53. I'm Local 5 Chief Meteorologist Brad Edwards. This report is sponsored by Indeed.com. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. Vehicle advertising print wraps can be seen tens of thousands of times a day. If you want to increase your advertising footprint with the full or partial final print wrap on your business vehicle, go to CompleteAutoWraps.com. Complete Auto Wraps also specializes in full color change color apps. Change the color of your vehicle or add a customized look with a print wrap to your vehicle, motorcycle, or boat. Don't pay big dealership or national sign chain prices when you can get yours installed by a professional trained and certified installer. Contact Corby for more information or a free estimate at completeautowraps.com. Build your business. At Sinorama of Urbandale, we offer customized solutions for signs, branding, marketing, and advertising. We have a full range of custom sign and graphic services to meet your needs, build your brand, and create your image. Look around and you'll see how Andy Woodley and his staff help businesses enhance visibility and get noticed. Let us work with you to understand your unique marketing goals and help you reach them. Sinorama of Urbandale, the way to grow your business. 3368 100th Street in Urbandale and online at sinorama.com slash ia dash Did you know that a well-insulated garage door can keep your garage warmer in the winter? 1,500, the champ. Back with you, putting the cap on our number one. It's the drive on 1,700, the champ. Trenton Wolfgang with you here as we move over to the Big 12. Talked a lot of Big 10 and Hawkeyes there last segment. Let's get into it right now. Our buddy down in Kansas City right now, Matt Postens, making his way north from his Texas outpost from Heartland College Sports. Matt, how's Kansas City treating you? At least getting some barbecue while you're there? Uh, unfortunately, no. It's a very short turnaround. As I was just telling you guys uh, during the break, I'm on my way to Morgantown to the game of the Virginia game tomorrow. So if I can get some barbecue at the airport, I'll be very happy about that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, At least hit it up that way. And uh, we'll get into some football talk here in a moment. But first... With media day going on, and of course, everybody keeping an eye on the FBI investigation, the trial out in Manhattan, what was happening there. If you can just describe the scene, the mood, how it was at basketball media days today. Well, I'll tell you what, it was a very interesting day as far as Kansas was concerned. So early in the day, Kansas made it very clear that Bill Self was not going to address the trial uh, at all. And Self made that clear when he took the podium at 1145. Um, about 9, 9.30, we learned that they're going to hold out Silvio D'Souza indefinitely um, pending the investigation because he's been named in the investigation. doesn't necessarily mean he did anything wrong. just means he's been named in it. So pretty much all day, we're all writing stories about how, you know, we're not going to know anything until the trial is over. We're not going to know anything until the verdict is in. Well, 22 minutes after media day ended, 
the verdict came in on that trial in New York City, and all three guys were found guilty. So what's happened since then is that the University of Kansas has released a statement saying that now that there's a verdict, once we get direction from the prosecutors in the case, we'll be able to conduct an investigation in conjunction with the NCAA. At 7 o'clock Central Time tonight, Bill Self is going to address the media in Lawrence. So the news cycle is not over yet. That it isn't. Uh, I mean, we're, we're really just spitballing here. This is pure speculation and conjuncture. Conjecture, but do you believe that Kansas? We we got, of course, what's happening with the players, but could something happen as quickly as this year? Do you anticipate anything like that? This is different than just your normal NCAA trying to find something. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I think it depends upon you know as they deconstruct the verdict of the trial. You know how much of this really did involve Bill Self. I mean, there's obviously been a text message exchanged between him and. Uh, one of the gentlemen who was impl- implicated in the trial but was not on trial, that text message is kind of vague. It really doesn't convey whether or not Bill Self asked for any money for decision or anything like that, which is one of the allegations that has come out of this trial. So as they deconstruct the verdict and deconstruct the rest of the evidence, and as the NCAA does its validation of the information, uh, it could happen quickly or it could take a while. I mean, Bob Bolsley was talking this morning about the fact that there are going to be trials in this corruption case as it pertains to the FBI. Not just this particular one that ended today, but there are going to be trials. There are going to be other ones down the line. So when does the NCAA start investigating? I think it sounds like they're going to start investigating the Kansas connection or a potential connection into this as soon as they can, as soon as they get the direction for the prosecutor. But we're probably a long way away from the whole thing being done. But in terms of Kansas, maybe we could learn something this year. That would, I think that would be the hope, to learn something uh, before the season ends Kansas doesn't think that any of this is going to uh, have a, any kind of implication on their Final Four run last year because Sousa did, did play on that team. But they're holding him out now, obviously, as a precaution and to make sure it doesn't impact their season this year. Yeah, Mathis Wolfgang, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, let's get to some basketball. In terms of maybe a macro look at the Big 12 Conference, um, top to bottom, what are you thinking of this conference this year, and how does it maybe compare to years past? Um. I think top to bottom, I don't think it's quite as deep as it was last year. Um, obviously, Kansas and Kansas State, those are the two teams that were in the media poll uh, at the top. And I found out in talking to Mike Boynton in Oklahoma State, he was the one coach that actually placed the first-place vote for Kansas State. Uh, and he cited their experience as the reason he made them the number one team in the conference going into the season. But when you get past those two teams and perhaps even you know Texas and TCU, there were a lot of teams in this conference that either had a lot of young talent that isn't proven, or in the case of TCU, you have a really clear dividing line between, you know, I was talking to Jamie Dixon at one point, he's got five really experienced guys, guys that have been in the system for a couple of years and understand what he wants. And then he's got eight guys over here that have never played college basketball. They either redshirted last year, or they're true freshmen, or they played in junior college. So it's, it, it's a really clear dividing line at that program, and I just think there's a lot more youth in this conference than there was a year ago. And I think that's going to make it t- from top to bottom, not necessarily as deep as it was, but I think Kansas and Kansas State and a couple of other teams, because of the talent they have coming back, could end up playing at a higher level than they did last year. Matt, we uh, want to get your perspective here on the local front with Iowa State. Always good to get kind of a, an outsider view looking at it Not that doesn't have the same kind of Iowa connections that we do. What do you think of this Cyclone team that Steve Prohm has? 
You know, I really like this team, honestly. Um, I was really happy that Lindell Wigginton didn't uh, bite on the NBA mm-hmm. talk after the season because I think he has some development to do. Uh, Steve Prohm is talking today about how the process really helped him you know, focus on the things that obviously the NBA is looking for to be able to do, but also that those things are going to help him in terms of making Iowa State better this year. Uh, I asked Steve, I said, you know, is this a team that you think could potentially have be 9 or 10 deep going into Big 12 play? And he said potentially, but they've got to get healthy. And then there are a couple of other areas where they've got to, you know, got to get some resolution on one of those being Cameron Lard, who uh, right now is not uh, did not play in their scrimmage on Sunday. It's unclear what his availability is going to be for the regular season because of all the issues he's had uh, off the court uh, starting uh, after the season ended. Uh, you know, that's the one team that was not 500 or better a year ago overall. But Bowlesley made the point that it took them 16 weeks to get there. So there's obvious talent on that team. They're one of the few teams that is returning an entire starting lineup. Nick Weiler Bad is fully healthy. I fully expect that as long as all the pieces are there, Day one, I fully expect him to be a much better basketball team. Yeah, Matt, what do you think of Wigington with Iowa State? Do you like the fact that maybe, you know, that he's at point guard? Would you rather him play another position? Is that his best future going forward for his NBA career? But is it the best for Iowa State? Yeah, I think him playing, you know, prone to make the point that if he could play point, he could play off guard. I think right now, with the way Nick Weiler-Babb took to that position last year, I think having him at the point and having Wigginton as the off-guard, I think that makes the most sense for Iowa State. I really don't see Wigginton as necessarily a point guard in the NBA. I see him as more of an off-guard. Uh, he's got a really good shot. He drives to the basket well. Um, he's not at a point in his development where he is really adept at making things happen for other players. And that was one of the things the NBA said, hey, you've got to get better at this. You've got to get better at making players better on the court. And the good news is, Prone said that he's already starting to see Wigginton being a, be a player that's opting for the best play in practice rather than the best shot for him in practice. And that's a really key piece of his development. If he continues in that track, I think one day he could be a point guard. But to me, looking at him at the NBA level, I could see him being a combo guard, a guy that could play off guard, a guy that could play point because his ball handling is good, his shot is good. And I think eventually his ability to make things happen for others will catch up to his ability to make things happen for himself. Matt, let's uh, jump into a little football before we let you run. Just a couple minutes left. You mentioned you're on your way out to Morgantown with Baylor going there for that Thursday night game. Uh, do want to get your thoughts, though, on Texas Tech. They come into Ames this weekend much better defensively than what we've seen years past from the Red Raiders. And they're running the football a lot more this year. Give us a quick preview of Texas Tech. You know, it's funny, I've seen Tech in person twice this year. Uh, the first time it was against Houston, and that was a game where they gave up, I think, 49 points but ended up winning because uh, Alan Bowman and uh, their passing game set all kinds of records in that game. And then I saw them against TCU a couple of weeks ago where they played that really low-scoring game with the Horn Frogs and actually, from a defensive standpoint, went toe-to-toe with TCU the entire game. I-, I think their defense is interesting because that's where their NFL prospects are this year, believe it or not. Their top three NFL prospects are on the defensive side of the football. And from Houston to TCU in just that short amount of time, I saw some progress, some real progress from them defensively in terms of how they were handling the passing game, how they were getting to the quarterback, especially their interior pass rush. They didn't have much of an interior pass rush when I saw them play Houston. Their interior pass rush was much better against uh, TCU. And if they can continue that against Iowa State, 
What's interesting is you have the young quarterback, Brock Purdy, who I think we're all pretty high on here at Heartland College Sports. But interior pressure is always what bedevils young quarterbacks. And if, if, if Texas Tech can get that interior pressure on Purdy in the passing game, I think that presents a really interesting challenge for him, especially coming off that big win against West Virginia. The fact that they've had a little time to kind of think about that. Uh, Texas Tech has a little more film to work with now. So uh, I think Tech presents a really interesting challenge, and they've played better on the road this year than they have in years past. So I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, I'll, I'll be in Pittsburgh all week, and I'm going to try and find a, a TV if I can just to watch that game because I think it's a really interesting mix of something that we've not seen Tech do well for years, and they're now doing it well. And then now Iowa State, you've had this transition from Cal Kemp to Brock Purdy and it's gone almost seamlessly on offense. I'm really interested to see how those two things intersect on Saturday. Matt Poston's Harlan College Sports. Matt, we're out of time today. Don't burn any couches in Morgantown. We'll talk again soon. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. That is Matt Poston's great stuff out of him. We got an hour in the book. Still one more to go on 1700 The Champ. Every Chiefs football game right here. Terminate this football game. The Chiefs radio network lives on 1700. Oh, let's go, champ! The champ. It's green, 